I'm a true champion. Bambi is a disgusting young man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WrestlePug state of titty address. <laughs> I am Big fucking titties. Shut your mouth. He's interrupted me already. We're not even 30 seconds in. Shut the fuck up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Aaron Nix, the Egyptian death machine. I am the owner, proprietor, host of WrestlePug. I'm a videographer. I'm a fucking graphic designer. I'm a referee. I'm an MC. I'm a commentator. And on the very rare occasion that I do choose to wrestle a wrestler as well. And if you're not booking me, well, obviously, you just don't recognise talent. Speaking of talent, or lack thereof, the man who puts wood in Bollywood, <laughs> Tanvir. I interrupt everyone, Verdi. How are you, Gimp? Big fucking titties. Mummy milky. <laughs> Mummy's milkers. <laughs> And joining him is, of course, a man who knows all about motorboating. It is, of course, one half of the IWE <laughs> Tag Team Champions, the proprietor and owner of the Independent Wrestling Elite, based in Essex. But you never know where they might find you. He is, of course, the urban goth, Frankie. I do not speak for shit, T. Fuck your full mouth, sir. I speak plenty. There you go. That's probably as spicy as he's going to get throughout this podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> plenty of non-wrestling news to talk about because there's not really that much, actually, if I'm being honest. But we do have a Elimination Chamber Spectacular because I do believe that's this weekend and I'm sure Tanvir will correct me if not. So we start with, of course, the unfortunate and sad passing of the legendary Jerry Jarrett, who, of course, is Jeff Jarrett's father. Uh, Jeff Jarrett knows the legacy his father left in pro wrestling, but now he has shared the impact his dad left on him as a man. Jerry Jarrett, who uh, was the founder of TNA Wrestling, of course, as well, alongside his son Jeff, died on Tuesday at the age of 80 years old. An outpouring of love for the Jarretts followed after news of Jerry's death broke. Uh, on Wednesday, Jeff made his first social media post since his dad passed, and he shared the following inspirational poem. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will... When the road you're trudging seems all uphill. When the funds are low and debts are high and you want to smile but have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about when he might have won if he'd snuck it out. Stuck it out, excuse me. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You might succeed with another blow. Often the struggler has given up when he might captured. He might have captured the Victor's Cup. And he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of clouds of doubt. And you can never tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when you're hardest hit. It's when things seem worst that you mustn't quit. Uh, yeah, Jerry Jarrett mm. sadly left us at the age of 80. Obviously a good innings for the man. Incredibly influential uh, on the wrestling business as a whole. And as a lot of people may not also realize, a uh, one-time booker for WWF as well, um, particularly, I believe, during the steroid trial that Vince McMahon underwent. And, of course, his battle with the government and whatnot. But, obviously, Jerry Jarrett's identity stretches far further than that. We're talking about Mid-South. We're talking about Tennessee. We're talking about all the great territories in American wrestling. And, of course, helping build TNA to what it was before he sadly Passed on. Now, gentlemen, any thoughts on the passing of the legendary Jerry Jarrett? I just think it's sad, really. I mean, 
as you touched on a minute ago, you know, in the uh, the independence circuit around South America, he, he, I believe he started up a promotion with Jerry the King Lawler as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, I didn't I didn't realize he was a booker at one point for WWE. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's sad news. Uh-huh. Much love to the Jarrett family. Thoughts and prayers with all with all of them. Yeah, you um you had a, a seminar once, didn't you, with Jeff Jarrett? I did. As uh IPW. Yeah, um quite well known and regarded himself, obviously he's a great person. Sam Veer, your thoughts on uh, Jerry Jarrett passing away? Uh didn't know a lot of Jerry Jarrett's uh, works, but knew he was the father of Jeff Jarrett. It is it is still a sad death. Yeah. Uh, eight, eight, 81 is a is a good long life. And he did have quite a big impact from what you just said next. So it's also worth pointing out he was a wrestler as well, the Hawaiian Flash, he was known as uh, made his debut in 1965 and retired from wrestling as an in-ring competitor in 1988. Um, he's most famous for most people, especially the old school bodies of wrestling, as the uh, owner and proprietor of the United States Wrestling Association, USWA, which, of course, was very, very famous. And, of course, Continental Wrestling Association as well, the CWA. And like um, Frankie alluded to, very instrumental in making... Um, Jerry Lawler, one of the biggest stars that North American wrestling had ever seen, and obviously hundreds more included. So we pass on our thoughts and prayers to the legendary Jerry Jarrett. And of course, his son, Jeff, who uh, has asked if he can wrestle tonight in his honor on AEW Dynamite. I'm not entirely sure whether that will be the case. Um, speaking of AEW, of course, Tony Khan announced a Ring of Honor TV tapings. Ring of Honor TV shows have been a long time coming, but they're finally on their way. As usual for Wednesdays, Tony Khan had Tony time on Busted Open Radio. Can't think of anything I'd like to listen to less. Ring of Honor TV will be starting back up very soon, Khan said. He went on to reveal that the first set of tapings will take place in Orlando on February 25th and 26th. We'll put the tickets on sale tomorrow and excited to talk more about that tonight. Um, this location obviously makes sense for them as AEW has been taping episodes of AEW Dark and Dark Elevation on a soundstage at Universal Studios Theme Park, very similar to how TNA used to record Impact. Um, it's in fact, it is exactly the same studio, I believe. Uh, fans will get a major taste of the Ring of Honor product tonight on AEW Dynamite as Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion Mark Briscoe will make his return to AEW programming to face Josh Woods in singles action. It was following Final Battle in December uh, where Khan revealed the Ring of Honor TV would be making its return via Honor Club, the promotion's original streaming service. The question I have, however, because obviously that's good news for all involved, especially if you're a Ring of Honor fan, is why should they, uh, I mean, this is my opinion, but should they have removed AEW Dark or AEW Dark Elevation and made that a slot for Ring of Honor Television? Yes. All right, next subject. <laughs> no, nobody pays attention to dark or dark elevation. Uh, they, they, they actually, don't need... if you watch all of it, so then you get the storylines. I don't need to watch YouTube content. They have quite a lot of um, viewership, don't they? They have like half a million. Although, to be fair, 450,000 of those are Adam Wessex watching it on repeat. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not a big fan of it. I can't... But... I can't say I'm not a big fan of AEW. I, I just don't watch it. Fucking Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just personally feel... I mean, I mentioned this a few weeks back. 
you've already saturated a lot of Ring of Honor onto your main product with Dynamite and Rampage. Why not take it off that completely and give it its own proper TV slot or make the YouTube more heavily focused on that instead of giving us 50 fucking matches a week, which involve relatively mid-card and sometimes the odd upper-card star versus a load of random guys from the indies. Yes, it's great that those people are getting a little bit of focus and a bit of notoriety, but ultimately... It doesn't seem to be. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It'd be very cool to have somebody who's been on AW Dark regularly. I'd like to know whether being on that platform has boosted their profile enough and made them a much more interesting, um, you know, talent to be used on independence. Are they picking up more bookings, for instance? Are they working more higher end independent promotions in North America? Or has their work rate stayed the same other than the added extra work that they're doing for AW? Um, Ring of Honor TV, obviously, it's great. Problem is that it's all under the AW banner, so it just doesn't feel separated enough anymore. It doesn't feel like it's its own company. It just feels like AW's feeder. That's my personal opinion. It comes across a bit like when WWE tried with ECW, if you ask me. Yeah, and that sucked balls. Do you remember the first ever episode with the zombie? <laughs> and then the Sandman beat him up. Oh, Jesus I've been Christ. trying all this time to forget. Yeah, the technical classic, according to Jay Miller, that is the Sandman. <laughs> Who remembers Jay Miller, ladies and gentlemen? Nobody. He's still in fucking down the source. Well, I mean, the only source he's been down in is his father's, the inbred redneck hillbilly oh. son of a whore. Um, putting him hardly. Um, <laughs> nice. I like. I'm loving the tribute to Aaron Warns, by the way, on the mug. Very good stuff. We like that. We love a bit of Aaron Warns at the Wrestle Plug. You've been warned. By the way, shout out to Aaron Warns, who's doing amazing things on the British independence scene and killing it with WAW and SOS. Really, really proud of you, mate. Very, very proud of you. Obviously, a former guest on the podcast and a, a good chum of mine. Always lovely to work with on shows. Um, so, yeah, Ring of Honor making its TV return at some point. whoop de doo uh, Anybody watched uh, NXT this week from last I, night? I saw bits and pieces, and it looks interesting for next week. They've got some very heavy storylines going on, haven't they? Um, so uh, there's been an influx of main roster talent on WWE NXT lately. Apollo Crews, uh, former NXT Tag Team Champion Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, of course. Uh, now NXT Champion Bron Breaker is in the sights of Jinder Mahal. Yeah, Uncle, baby! Uncle Jinder! You love to see it. Jinder Equality is on NXT, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I could not be more excited. Jinder Mahal will challenge Bron Breaker for the WWE NXT Championship. And of course, there's only one question and only one answer on everyone's mind. When will Jinder Mahal be the next NXT champion? Because Bron Breaker's good, but he's a scrub compared to the god that is the Maharaja Jinder Hardbody Mahal. Uh, Bear, you must be extremely pleased to see more. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see him back, and the fact that the match is next week kind of makes me more interested because it's like, okay, are they gonna really put the bolt on gender? Are they gonna do it? Well, that's the thing we say no, but then we all thought they're gonna put the WWE title on Jinder and then he won it. And I jettisoned so much semen that my next door neighbor was coated. So, um, never What's know. An image? What's an image? I know, right? 
What do we think? Uh, who's who's a better choice for NXT champion right now? Bron Breaker or Jinder Mahal? Like, seriously, would you be... Cons- if you were in charge of NXT and you were looking to help develop this brand and keep growing it, would you put the belt on Jinder Mahal? Or do you think it makes more sense for Bron Breaker to beat him? I think oh. still having Bron go on this reign that he's had is, makes more sense. Well, isn't he supposed to be getting a main roster push very shortly? I've I say maybe after Mania, so I think if anywhere he'll drop it like at the takeover before Mania to kind of set up like oh okay he's going main roster night after Mania potentially if he's still got the belt set up Bron Breaker versus Gunther for the IC belt. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, for me it just seems like it's another notch for Bron Breaker, so we can say yeah I beat a former WWE champion which kind of adds some validity to him. Whether you want to say that the validity of Jinder Mahal's title reign is that good or not, I personally thought it was a good time. Actually, I really enjoyed it. I liked the run overall. There were certainly some, you know, some low points in it, particularly the stuff with Nakamura, which sucked absolute balls for me. Um, Plus, because Nakamura is massively overrated. Sorry to say it. Sorry, independent marks. Sorry, New Japan suckers. Um, But yeah, I... uh, I just think it's it's good for Bron Breaker. It'll be very interesting to see uh, what kind of match it's going to be, whether Jinder Mahal is going to get a very high-paced working match or if they're going to go full sports entertainment. I personally think it's like Frankie alluded to with the idea of this main roster push. This is kind of another little test. Hey, let's put you in there with someone who's been at the top of our card. Let's see what kind of product you can perform, what kind of promos we're going to get. How good are you going to be in a very sports entertainment-based uh, entity because even though he is a more sports entertainment based wrestler he's still on a brand that is exclusively known as a work rate brand more so than just out and out entertainment so with him wrestling someone like Jinder Mahal this is all about hey can you entertain can you be a sports entertainer because we know you can be a wrestler you've got the lineage obviously with your father's name and your uncle can you do something a little bit different can you entertain the fans and also can Jinder Mahal help elevate his talent a little bit more because Jinder has been frankly slowing down quite a bit and has been on the downslide with injuries and a lack of TV for the best part of probably, what, three or four years now. So it's, um, I think it's a good idea. I just hope that the match comes through and delivers on the way we want it to because that's what's most important. Yeah, I agree with that. Any other thoughts, Tanvir? I mean, it is your back garden. I'm just, um, just looking forward to it as well as... Um... What else is going on in terms of NXT? Because yeah. because there was some there was some like interesting developments this week in terms of NXT overall. Yeah. That make, that, you um the other development was uh Mako more of the Roxanne Perez is happening, I think, at is it called a roadblock? The next NXT I think event. Okay now. Some of these names are terrible. Yeah. WWE presents hard shoulder. <clears throat> <laughs> Don't care. Yeah, Mako Satamora versus Ro- Roxanne Perez feels like she could be jettisoned to stardom very quickly. She was in the Royal Rumble. She impressed a lot of people in that. She made a brief appearance on uh, SmackDown as well. She was in a six women's tag match where she did the bulk of the work, uh, working with more high-end talents and really proved herself to be very capable. Great house of fire. Really fantastic plucky underdog despite her diminutive size. Um, size tends to affect women, I've noticed, a lot more than it does smaller male wrestlers like Rey Mysterio and Ricochet, for instance. Uh, especially when you're in the ring with people like Charlotte Flair, with 
Bailey, with Becky Lynch, with Bianca Belair, you know, people who are just powerful, dominant forces. And yet she's able to really take a shellacking. So she's got a lot of potential. Uh, I really like the pairing of uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn as well. The uh, two obvious uh, NXT UK standouts, both the Scottish women coming together. Um, just really, I mean, Isle of Dawn is redonkulous to look at at the best of times, but they've got something very unique about them. I'm really enjoying the NXT UK talent that's uh, finding itself over there. Tyler Bates doing more work over there now. Uh, we had the return of um, Ilya Dragunov recently as well. Uh, formerly Jordan Devlin, uh, now known as JD McDonough. He's on there. Uh, a number of people really that are making waves. And obviously we saw what the former NXT UK champion Volta was capable of doing now that he's the Intercontinental Champion as Gunter. Like, you're starting to see the work rate of the Europeans come through. And I think they're believing more and more that these guys have the potential to be stars, more so than a lot of the North American talent, which is nice to see. It feels like there's a real international blend going on, especially with NXT at the moment. Uh, anything else jump out of you, Tanvir? Uh, not really. I think I think you basically covered covered everything pretty much. Oh, from Drake um, Waller obviously being uh fired from NXT, he's got this angle uh, going on with Shawn Michaels. Or do we think about the idea of Shawn Michaels getting back in the ring maybe one more no. time? No, no, too old at this point. Yeah, not just too. It's just after what happened in Saudi Arabia. It's like don't don't please please don't do it, Shawn. Who remembers that wonderful tag match between Undertaker and Kane and DX? Who doesn't remember? You, they all almost died Pepperidge in that Farm match. remembers. <laughs> I mean, I'll give Shawn Michaels his due from that Saudi Arabia match. He he did carry it. Well, he, he was the only one whose legs still worked properly. <laughs> uh, everyone else was absolutely fucked. They just... I, mean, yeah. I imagine a lot of that was called on the fly. And you can blatantly tell. Oh yeah. Well, didn't Triple H pick up a quite a bad injury during that match? Yeah, he did. I yeah, think did. was it was it to his pec? I think. Yeah, I think, it was it was I think he had a torn pec or something. And obviously, we saw what that did to someone of Cody Rhodes' stature. So the fact that Triple H is what fifty odd and was doing that—that's yeah, that salary money is quite alluring. So, Frankie T, obviously, you're a wrestler. That's questionable. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, um, who remembers former WWE Raw General Manager Brad Maddox? Oh, you can't forget. Now, do we remember him for his extracurricular activities or for his wrestling career? I remember him from screwing over right back against CM Punk at Hell in the Cell. Yeah, the guest referee. Yeah. Um, so he gave quite a bit of advice on developmentally speaking the podcast. Uh, as far as becoming an up-and-coming wrestler and what to do to break into the industry. So I thought it would be very interesting to see how much of this would align with your thoughts. And, of course, Tanvir has had a, a very fledgling uh, training thing. I don't know what Tanvir is up to at the moment. He seems to be spending a lot of time looking into his lap. I don't know if he's looking for his penis or something. I'm looking into my Japs eye. Yeah, he's on Hi. Pornhub. Looking for the uh, page sex tape, isn't it? I know what you're up to. It's called hentai and it's art. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
Kill me now. Um, so, Brad Mannix, to uh, quote the man himself, I guess it's a daily process. You've got to remind yourself why you're doing it and stay focused because there's so many things to lose yourself to. I never had any drug problems or pill problems or alcohol problems. I never had anything like that, but it's also a super high testosterone environment. I had some different addictions. I had a sex addiction. Yeah, you did. And shit yep. really got in the way and got me on focus. It was one of the reasons it seems like I continuously got worse until I got on TV, he continued. And the worst product of my entire career was on TV. But I was so lost by that point. I guess the higher you climb the mountain, the easier it is to get unfocused, maybe. I don't know. But you definitely definitely have to retain that focus on the love of what you're doing. Because if you start to lose yourself to fear, it's a slippery slope that I found un navigatable he also added that he believed that wrestlers should do their best to make sure their gimmick on the independent scene and once in the developmental system has the potential to carry over to the wwe main roster i wish i tried the frat boy gimmick one more time he said um any thoughts to brad maddox advice for young and up-and-coming wrestlers most of that i agree with you know just keep pushing yourself Make sure your character can elevate, take it to that next level if it needs to. Obviously, he's talking about uh, more the high end of the independent circuit. So for us over here, it'll be like the progress, the rises, the rev pros. Someone like myself, um, I don't work those high end places. So yeah, a lot of it, you know, you need to control yourself. Don't get lost in what you're doing. Um, so I'm just trying to think back to what else you just said there. But yeah, on, on the whole, on the whole of it, I would agree. How about carrying over your gimmick from independent and making it somewhat of a uh, fluid kind of gimmick, something that you know will work on a more sports entertainment-based product? Do you think that's a good idea, or do you think that you should just allow the WWE system to? potentially give you a newer gimmick because for a lot of guys it has actually worked look at Tyler Black for instance on the indies with Seth Rollins he's far removed from that person now he just basically trusted the WWE system to you know create the WWE superstar that he is right now do you think guys should have a trust in that system or they should be far more strongly linked to what they did on the independence I think they should be linked sorry Talbot I think they should be linked I mean two cases here you can look at you can look at Ricochet, he's carried it over. He's brought that in with him and he's succeeding with it. On the other hand, you look at Baron Corbin. How many times has he gone through the process of a character change and it's not what, well, apart from the lone wolf, I reckon. It, and, uh, oh, what was his poor Corbin gimmick? What, sad Corbin? <laughs> yeah, sad yeah. Corbin. Yeah, broke-ass Corbin. <laughs> broke-ass I mean, Corbin. That's your two cases right there. I mean, look at Ricochet, look at Baron Corbin. One's carried it in, one's followed the product. Would you, the would you would argue, you argue the same with Gunther, though, as well? Gunther, like... for me, hasn't changed that much. It's mm -hmm. They might have added a few little things, like, you know, kind of made him more of a menacing foreign presence as opposed to, a, a you know, an Austrian purist. But for the most part, he still wrestles the same. The so one thing I will say for Gunther is he's in incredible shape, like the likes yeah. that we never saw on the independent scene. So that's probably the one thing that differentiates him more than anything else. But, but I, th I think it's more of like a half and half of like, yeah, you can bring 
bring what you had in the indies over to WWE, but you've also got to trust their process a little bit as well. So, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Frankie, yeah. what, what do you think? Do you think the guys should be trusting their independent stuff more? Or do you think it depends on the person? I think they should trust it. But at the same time, look at, keep an ear open and see what's on offer. See if you can work with it. For me, it very much depends on what kind of talent you are. Uh, someone like Ziggy Dice, for instance, who we've seen in NWA and on the independents, like there's a guy who's got just such raw charisma. Um, some people look like they're tailor-made and ready to go in the WWE format. EC3 was one that I looked at and thought, yo, this guy's got money written over him. Uh, same with LA Knight. But you, you can't discount this kind of pettiness with WWE. That There is very much a mentality of WWE of it doesn't matter how good you were on the indies, how popular you might have been. Ultimately, they want to know that they have their own proprietal rights over you when you come in, which is why they change these people's names. Uh, and sometimes they do change their style a little bit. I mean, we look at someone like Alba Fire, Kaylee Ray, probably one of the biggest and most successful women's talents to ever come out of Scotland. And yet, even though I enjoy her work on NXT, it doesn't seem to be that over. She seems very bland, very mild. Uh, another thing as well you have to factor in is that a lot of these talents are able to express themselves on 18 plus products and things like Rise or Progress or whatever that might be. And then when they get to WWE, it's a very much a PG product. And a lot of them struggle to tone themselves down. And that's something that I've noticed has really caused a lot of aggro with certain wrestlers. Yeah, they were incredibly edgy and exciting when they were on the independence, but then they're slapped in front of a massive TV audience with sponsors watching and they just drown under it. But you can't also discredit the fact that there is such a massive, massive problem in WWE with, you know, over-scripted micromanagement of people's characters. They're not given freedom or creative abilities. It seems to be loosening slightly. We're seeing what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are able to achieve. Roman Reigns has a little bit more creative control and feels like a far more credible talent for it. Austin Theory as well. But there is still those guys who... You can just tell, like a killer cross, for instance, should have translated beautifully on WWE television. It's just really falling flat because the guy looks like he needs massive direction or a lot of the stuff that he didn't uh, have direction over, that he had more creative control himself over, like in TNA, was not conducive to a PG product. Like when he's waterboarding guys and doing death matches and stuff like that, you can't, you simply can't do that. It's why someone like a Sammy Callahan didn't work in the NXT system because he was incredible in PWG and all these different places and even Impact. You know, he was doing death matches with Penta and stuff like that, Slammiversary. And when he was in the NXT product, he was just, he was given this horrible gimmick, which didn't work. And there's very much a mentality in WWE of, we'll give you the gimmick. And if it doesn't work, you can go fuck yourself. And you feel like a lot of these guys are lost in translation because they're not allowed to be who they want. And people say, oh, they should have just let Sammy Callahan be the death machine. Well, you can't. You can't let him just be the death machine because it's PG product. They're not going to allow someone to come out with barbed wire and baseball bats and hit people over chairs and make fun of people's broken faces like you did with Eddie Edwards. That's just not a thing on this product. So you have to... T Bottom line is it's a business. It's a job, just like anything else. And when you get to WWE, you're expected to toe the line and do what your contract says. And people forget that it's not really independent, even though they're still they still get called contract independent contracted traders so to speak they're paid an extortionate amount of money even at the lower ends 
to toe the line and do their fucking job. And that upsets people, but that's the bottom line of it. You can't go into work and just do whatever you please. You have to do what your boss says, and ultimately you have to answer to somebody in WWE a lot more than you would say an independent program. And that's why a lot of these guys don't make it. Uh, any final thoughts? I think... Sorry, Frankie, after you, after you, after you. After you, Frankie. Yeah, I can get a word in. Um, I think a lot of it also comes down to who's in control at the time. I mean, take Karrion Cross when he first came up, Vince McMahon was in charge, and look how ridiculous he was portrayed. Now you've got Triple H in charge of creative. I I don't watch the the product as much, but I get a proper... Indie vibe from both Raw and SmackDown. They got a bit more freedom, I feel. When you're ready, Tamvi. Um, I, I was just going to say, thinking about. <laughs> Normally, you can't shut the cut out now. You don't want to say anything. Sorry. I was just thinking about um, in terms of like bringing them in from the when they came in from the independence, then so you moved. Um, big example for me, I think, of recent memory is a uh, War Machine or War Raiders, because they came into NXT. They they changed the name from War Machine to War Raiders, which kind of worked. And the moment they came to the main a Viking roster, Experience, yeah, Viking Experience, Viking Express, Viking Raiders. It's like, what what is going on here? And then people notice it's like, why did they change the name from War Raiders to this when Ember Moon's always been known as the War Goddess? It's like, why can't there be two two gimmicks with war in it? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the system that is sports entertainment, my friend. Speaking of sports entertainment, one more thing I want to talk about very quickly because I thought it was very fascinating. Um, who saw uh, Raw this week? Uh, I, not, not, not all of it. So, uh, so on the thirteenth uh, of February edition of WWE Raw from Brooklyn, New York, the Maximum Male Models tried to recruit Otis to their <laughs> faction, with Maxine Dupree making it clear she's an admirer of Otis and his unconventional body. The segment began with Gable lecturing Otis on the harmful effects of eating a hot dog, pointing to the nitrates and toxins in the popular snack. Gable then threw away the hot dog, which struck Mansoor in the face, just as the maximum male models walked around in the backstage area. Even as an irate Mansoor sounded off on Gable, ruining his face with mustard, Dupree interrupted and attempted to recruit Otis. We're looking for the face and the physique for our new campaign, Dupree informed Otis. Have you ever considered doing any modelling? At this point, Gable chimed in and spoke about his own modelling experiences, only to be cut off by Dupree. Actually, I was talking to Otis, Maxine responded, as she pronounced Otis's name as Otis. Otis. The, segment, Otis. Uh, the segment ended with Otis staring down the Maximum Male Models card, the uh, business card. Do we think that Otis would benefit from going back to an even... Because they have been doing a lot more comedic stuff with him and Gable, which frankly I've enjoyed. I've really enjoyed their dynamic as a tag team. Do we think that he could be better off separated from Gable and joining the Maximum Male Models at this point? No... I, I I like the name changes though of like turning Mansoor into Mansoor and now Otis into Otis. I, I like I like the subtle oh, name sad. changes. 
that really works, but I think it wouldn't benefit. Only, only thing that I would be interested in if they do separate them is to have Chad Gable go on an insane singles run because I think he, he he's he's earned it. He's, the modern he's, day Kurt Angle, isn't it? He feels like so, he could be Kurt Angle again. Like he's, he's got all the comedic chops, he's got the incredible wrestling ability, but they don't want to pull the trigger. He's in that Cesaro spot that people, it's like he's so underrated, but he's praised by everyone. Everyone's like he's he should be given but a he's entertaining, whereas Cesaro was shit on the mic. That, that was that was the only issue. It's like Cesaro, Con- like for all these great stuff, like Cesaro is perfect for the Ring of Honor product, where he's just as purest wrestler because he, he just Cesaro sucked as a sports entertainer. This is the thing: people watching are like, "How come Cesaro doesn't get a push?" Because you're not watching wrestling; you're watching entertainment. That's the big difference. People forget this when they watch WWE. We're not watching. If I want to watch just purest wrestling, I'm going to go to any number of indie shows I work on, or I'm going to watch the Ring of Honor product or PWG or whatever it might be. If you, you know, WWE, you. Have have to be an entertainer and Cesaro wasn't somebody to do that. Jack Gable on the other hand can, which is why I'm surprised he hasn't got a bigger push. Maybe it's because of his diminutive size. They certainly didn't help him when he was shorty Gable. That was fucking appalling. Um arguably one of the worst gimmicks I've seen used on a thoroughbred athlete. Uh they seem to be very big on this new lad coming in as well, the Olympic medalist. I forgot his name. Oh, oh, yeah, Gable Yeah, again and he's got the name Gable as well like I don't know. Like, I mean, OT sounds a lot better than Chard Gabal. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Chard Gabal. Chard Gabal. Uh, Chard Gobbler. Uh, <laughs> idea. Shea Moose. Yeah, there's there's enough Gobblers in fucking WWE as it is from what <laughs> I either here nor there. Any final thoughts on that before we break down Elimination Chamber? I think splitting them up is probably going to happen. Otis or Otis. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the sort of character that will help push the male models in the right direction. And... He should make them more legitimate. But then, of course, yeah. Marcel or Marseille, whatever you want to fucking call him, he's pretty big anyway. He's a big old unit of a lad as well. So you would have thought they'd have their power game going for him. I'm worried that you're... You need Otis for me is in the right position right now. He's with Chad Gable. He's this perfect heavy hitter who's also relatively funny backstage. His facial expressions are hysterical to me. He's one of my big guilty pleasures in WWE is Otis. I think he's hysterically funny. Um, and yeah. his stuff with Mandy Rose was amazing. It was some of the most over stuff on the product. And then Vince McMahon was just like, ah, oh, fat people can't pull women. Get out of here. Like, you know, you just. Um- and the oh, thing man. is, he's not even fat. He's just a tank. For me, he could be the next Vader with more comedic value. He's, he's built like an Atlas stone. Like, like, you look at, yeah, you look at his body shape. Because when he came out at Royal Rumble, I'm like, my guy looks like an Atlas stone. Like, he, he could... Because that, that was the awesome thing about the Royal Rumble this year, is that you had horse after horse after horse coming out. And each, and each one looked like they fit. Um, and and Otis has that kind of charm to him, like he said, that he's got that kind of modern day Vader to him in a way. Maybe, maybe not as maybe not as athletic as Vader, because Vader could do like the Vader bomb and moonsault. I don't know. I think Otis is a better athlete than Vader. He moves better. He's faster. I mean, I never saw Vader doing the the worm or the caterpillar as he likes. That's true. That's true. Plus, maybe Otis, the shooter. 
Yeah, I reckon Otis can probably do all that stuff. We just haven't had a chance to see it yet. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think that's why I've like we haven't. Se- it's like we haven't seen it. Whereas with Vader, we have we had seen it of like him doing the moon salts and all that stuff. Perception is reality in that regard. Um, so this weekend, I believe, Elimination Chamber, February eighteenth, from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I wonder who's going to be over on this pay per view. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah. and I Owens. Yeah, I tell you what, the other guy is going to be mega over considering what's going down. So we start with obviously uh, there are five matches on the card. We'll throw you our quick predictions, and we start with the mega clash between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. I want to say Bobby wins her. I want to say Bobby wins her. I hope so. Yeah. I, I just noticed the one thing with Brock Lesnar now is that he just looks so much more happier to be on screen. He just looks so much more like like happy and more joyful. He's embracing the entertainment portion of wrestling a lot more, isn't he? Bobby. <laughs> just yeah, the way he says it. Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> yeah, very King of the Hill like that is. Um, yeah, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Most people would say Brock Lesnar. I think Bobby Lashley needs it more, though, and especially as he's already lost to Brock Lesnar. Uh, a couple of times, like one in Elimination Chamber. I know he didn't get out of the blocks and didn't really get a chance in Saudi Arabia. And then obviously he lost their big singles match, didn't he? But then he also beat him at the Royal Rumble, albeit with the interference from Roman Reigns. So this is essentially a rubber match. So whoever wins this is pretty much going to be adorned as the you know the number one host, the big tank of WWE. And I, I feel like Bobby Lashley will benefit from it more. I don't feel like Brock Lesnar's stock will drop as much if he loses, where if Bobby Lashley he- loses, it's like... Mm. I think what they should do is just have Bobby win and then you have MVP Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin come out and you reassemble Hurt Business. I think they should come out and cost Brock Lesnar and that's why Bobby Lashley gets the win because um, it makes sense. I think Hurt Business is good for business, ultimately. Um, Frankie T, you uh, got Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar? I've got Bobby Lashley. I mean, like you said, Lesnar, it's, uh, it's a rubber match. One win each. Um Brock doesn't need the win here. He's he's done everything he can. He's loving life as it is with this uh, cowboy hillbilly gimmick, whatever we want to call it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got Bobby Bobby Lashley for this one. A mixed tag team match: Edge and Beth Phoenix will face the Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. I've got oh, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. I was going to say Judgment Day as well. I've got Judgment Day winning this. I've got Judgment Day solely because it doesn't make sense unless maybe Finn Balor is going to take the pin. Finn Balor, to be fair, though, did beat Edge in the I Quit match, albeit due to the shenanigans of Rhea Ripley. Um, If you're going to have... I mean, I would personally think from a booking standpoint, Edge probably winning would be good for business. But at the same time, do you want Rhea Ripley going into WrestleMania in a big women's clash with Bianca Belair? Um, or Charlotte Flair, excuse me, with a loss of sorts. Unless maybe Charlotte Flair interferes in this match. You don't know. She might cost Rhea Ripley, which would be very interesting. Um, it's going to be a very unique dynamic, because even though Rhea Ripley is supposed to be the heel in that dynamic, Charlotte Flair just isn't that over as a face, because of ultimately how much of a shit heel she is. And also the fact that her second name's Flair, so you're always going to kind of see her as this obnoxious supervillain. Um, I'll say Judgment Day, just because... 
I feel like they might want to keep real Ripley's edge going. But that being said, if Edge loses this after they've already lost, you know, that big I quit match, kind of says to me that he's a bit, he's Judgment Day bitch, essentially. But then also Edge has hinted that this might be his very last year in wrestling. So maybe he's trying to do the job and get people over as much as possible. I don't know. Um, what's that? I was going to say, I think Beth Phoenix takes the pinfall here. Um, Possibly, yeah. I mean, Beth Phoenix doesn't need to get a big high-profile win. She's done, done everything in this business. The fact that she's still able to go at such a great level is fucking awesome enough for me. Just seeing her wrestle is cool. Two Elimination Chamber matches. First, for the WWE United States Championship which is very interesting. Austin Theory defends his title inside the chamber against Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, Montez Ford, which I'm very excited about, and Bronson Reed. I'm torn with this one. I've got one pick, and it might be like the odd one out, but I really want to see him win it. I'm gonna go with Bronson Reed. I want Bronson. I want Bronson Reed to win it. I'm obviously a huge fan of my boy Jonah Rock. I want him to do well. Uh, had a chance to obviously, you know, communicate with him a number of times on the Indies. One of the big sort of influences for me in terms of big power wrestlers. Um, but I'm looking at that list. The one that would really be exciting for me is Montez Ford. The only problem is that if he does win a singles title, all of a sudden. It jeopardizes the street profits and the ability for Angelo Dawkins going forward, unless it's going to be Dawkins versus Montez Ford for the United States title at WrestleMania, maybe. Like, you know, maybe um, Dawkins, you know, they come out, they celebrate, he's like, I'm so proud of you, and then boom, big heel turn. But the street profits are big money. I'm worried that losing them really cuts the legs off of an already very thin tag team division, especially on Raw. Yeah. Montez Ford is an interesting one. I think even if he wins, I think they're the kind of tag team like with New Day that they won't split up because they're that tight knit unit. So I think if Montez wins, it'll be it'll be a cool moment, and I still think they could do ta- they could do tag tag division stuff. Yeah, Frankie T, who wins the United States Championship at Elimination Chamber? <laughs> See, I'm split between two. I'm split between Seth Rollins and Damian Priest. So Seth Rollins, because he's going to face Logan Paul at WrestleMania. What a marquee match that's going to be if a belt's on the line. I don't think it needs a belt to be a good marquee match. And Damian Priest, because you've got Judgment Day on a roll at the minute. I imagine Rhea Ripley's going to win at Mania. And it's going to be a statement to Judgment Day if they've got two champions in their little faction. Mm. And Damian Priest has been US champion before. That's true. Which is why I think Austin Fury retains. I think this is... We're on the... um, I feel like they're pushing for Austin Fury to be the next big star. They're rebuilding him the right way this time as opposed to that terrible Vince McMahon angle he had. (laughs) Uh, Seth Rollins doesn't need it he certainly won't need the belt when he faces Logan Paul at Wrestlemania and also if the belt's not there I have more believability that Logan Paul can dispatch Seth Rollins or beat him at Wrestlemania if the belt's there I get the distinct impression they wouldn't put a title on him I just don't Um, old crypto boy himself has got enough fucking heat as it is Uh, for me 
Seth Rollins is kind of already in that position as, you know, the main staple, the main kind of, he's almost like Triple H was back in the Attitude Era and particularly in 2000 where he's not the biggest guy in the company, but he's definitely like the guy that you use for any high profile situations. You know, he's the guy who can get in there with a Cody Rhodes. He's the guy who can do all kinds of different things. And then of course, um, Austin Theory, you know, it, like Johnny Gargano, I've noticed nobody's mentioned him with good reason. He's not even over, which is a shame. This might be Johnny Gargano's last opportunity to prove that he belongs on a main event kind of style level, because if he doesn't have a good showing here, people aren't going to care that much. It'd be very funny if Dexter Loomis just appeared out of the fucking cell or something, just stuck his head out. Like, that'd be quite funny, but... Um, I think Austin Fury makes the most sense to retain, so I'm going to stick with Austin Fury. Uh, the Women's Elimination Chamber match will be for a shot at the WWE Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 39, which is, of course, currently held by Bianca Belair. So we have Carmella, Natalia, Raquel Rodriguez, Nikki Cross, Asuka, and the most beautiful woman to walk planet Earth, Liv Morgan. Um, I have Asuka. I think this is actually fairly cut and dry. Yeah, it's it's between two for me. I'm going Asuka, but I could also see Nikki Cross. I, I do really like this version of Nikki Cross they're going with so far. I do. I don't think she's good enough to be in a main event level match at WrestleMania. It's really uh, Yeah, I can see that. I, I do love the character, though. I love the character, though. I just don't think there's enough... Like you need, she's got to talk more if she's going to be in a big women's title rivalry at WrestleMania. This is going to be one of the marquee matches, and I just don't think that when you look at the fact you've got Becky and Bailey and you know and all these different women running around, like I'm looking at them all. Asuka has the most star power by far of all of these women easily. Like Asuka versus Bianca Belair is going to be magnificent, especially with her current uh, reincarnation of Kana that she's kind of brought through from Japan. Um, you know, this more demonized looking talent. I, I really, really, really think Asuka should win, and hopefully, and I do believe she will win. I do. I've got yeah. Asuka. Uh, I think Asuka wins at WrestleMania as well, but because the thing is, if if the rumors about Bianca Belair wanting to start a family with Montez Ford and all that are true, I think, I, th- I think her dropping the belt at Mania makes sense as well. But, Those are going to be some athletic kids, isn't they? Fucking hell. Yeah. Frankie, yeah but, who is I'm the gonna... number one contender going into WrestleMania for the Women's Championship on Raw? See, I know Oscar's the absolute odds on it. I'm going to say Liv Morgan. Oh, suit you, sir. Um, it's, an, it's an interesting call. <laughs> I, because... I, I think she can be. I personally thought she was really good as SmackDown Women's Champion and obviously people are going to go, you're going to say that because you fancy her. Duh, who doesn't fancy Liv Morgan? Are you blind? Um, But it's that thing of I kind of feel like she's already had a sort of a go at it. Asuka has not been very prominent and obviously with the injury as well, she's not been around for a while now and she hasn't really been prominent since the the pandemic era, which, you know, it's a good couple of years ago now, so... I just feel like she's prepped and ready in the odds on favour. So that's that's my pick. So you've you've got Liv Morgan. Frankie uh Frankie's got Liv Morgan. Uh you're going with Asker as well, Tanvi. Yeah. That leaves I one more match. That... What's that, mate? I was just gonna say, I just think that, you know, Rhea Ripley's I feel is gonna be Charlotte. So she's gonna be going over to SmackDown. And Smack they're always gonna need someone from to come over from SmackDown to replace. Nobody uh 
Nobody picking Carmella. <laughs> no. Natalia as well. Get in the fucking bin, seriously. Um, just get out. The, the other, the other four options kind of cool. Raquel Rodriguez. Great talent, great talent. My worry with her is she's not very good at talking and she would struggle in a high-profile marquee uh, feud with someone like a Charlotte Flair or a Bianca Belek. She's not a good talker. I don't think she could handle herself on the mic. Um, that's my only critique of her, really. The main event is going to be arguably the most raucous in the history of wrestling, I reckon. This crowd is going to be fucking ferocious for this. Sami Zayn challenges Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. That blue Thunderbomb nearfall might be the greatest nearfall of all time. <laughs> I'm going Sami Zayn, but I'm just I'm just I'm just like got that spot in my head of that Sami's gonna hit the blue Thunderbomb and then as soon as Roman kicks out, it's gonna be like the coolest nearfall of all the nearfall of all time. You going to be as close as Keith Lee's? Power bomb, near fall. Survivor that Series. was that was cool at Survivor Series. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think Tamba is on the money with that. I think Roman Reigns retains. I don't see why you'd have him drop the belt. I personally, I would have had him drop it to Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Do you? See, do you... I reckon Sami Zayn wins by disqualification, uh... so Roman doesn't lose the title, mm. and then we get a championship each night at Mania. Frankie, I think you should put a bet on that because that actually that actually works really well. I think Roman Reigns retains, drops the belt to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. I'm going to go in the other direction and say they make it a triple threat because it's actually quite an organic triple threat. Yeah, I mean, Cody Rhodes had this incredible promo segment, didn't he, with Sami Zayn on Raw? It was amazing. One of the all-time great promo segments of the last 20 years. Yeah. Um Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Prove that it's not just AEW that can have these wonderful moments with MJF on the mic, you know. And uh, I, I think Sami Zayn. I'm a little bit disappointed they pulled the trigger this early. I would have waited. I would have. I would have made people wait. I would have put somebody else in at this. But you know what I would have done? I would have had Jay Uzo face Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns basically saying, "I'm going to teach you a lesson." Sammy saves Jay at the end from getting absolutely fucking demolished and murdered, and right. then slowly built it and breaking up. Because of the story they're kind of telling, I think if I think they might have jay uso kind of bookend the whole roman reign because the thing is jay gave uh roman his first ever pinfall on the main roster back in 2013 when they did a gauntlet match of that jay gave roman his first ever pinfall so that's, that's why not, i mean he, when do well, we when did we first see Roman Reigns truly kick into gear as this all-time great heel when he forced Jay to acknowledge him in that Hell in a Cell and things like that? So I think Jay Uzo cost him the title at WrestleMania. Either, either that or Jay's the one to beat Roman of that Roman retains at WrestleMania. And then it's and... Roman with his enforcer, Solo Sokoa, and I think the Uzos turn on Roman and go in, back into just being a great tag team. Hmm. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Could be something different. What's exciting is the fact that it doesn't matter what they do, it's going to be fucking great TV. Yeah. There's so many ways this can go. This is the best thing about it. It's the best story they've had. It's the best storyline in wrestling, full stop. It's it's amazing. It's it's cinema at this point of like you're interested. But the the 
I love the line that Sammy said in the Raw promo of like, yeah, he sees himself as a main event talent and main event in WrestleMania, which we as fans have known for years, but he doesn't see himself beating Roman. He doesn't know. I found I found that really cool. Was that if you asked me to main event a show, yeah, I'll do it. But you ask me to beat Roman Reigns, I don't know if I can. It's like, ooh. And so then Cody playing the hype man, it's it was really great storytelling and really great kind of character development for both of them. I think I need to go back and watch that. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna Maybe. absolutely slap. Yeah. So, I have one list before we wrap up the podcast. Yay. A very unique one. And it is wrestlers with unexpected post-wrestling careers. And I want you to tell me whether you think they've done a good job or it's they've got an exciting post-career or if you just do not give a flying I, fuck. <laughs> I can think of two that might be on there. <laughs> so, we start with, of course... Well, not of course. Midian. Uh, once a satanic disciple in the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness, Midian is now a disciplined in is disciplined in the art of cookery. Uh, like many, Midian kicked off his pro wrestling career in the Indies before joining WCW in 1992. In 2006, Midian's wrestling career came to a close, but closing up one chapter opened up another. As real name Dennis Knight was able to realize another dream, becoming a chef. When WWE.com caught up with him in 2013, he worked as a chef in several kitchens in Florida and even started his own catering company, Dennis Knight Catering. Knight also entered a favorite chef contest at favechef.com in 2021 and has talked about how his next dream is to become a food network star. So, Midian is a chef. Yay or nay? That's cool. I'm all aboard for that. He he's the real naked chef, isn't he? Not Jamie <laughs> Oliver. Like, who remembers naked Midian? Come on. <laughs> who um, wants to remember that? I really love hearing stuff like this because it shows that there is life after wrestling. You don't have to be a fucking train wreck who resorts to, you know, addiction and stuff like that. There's a lot of things these guys can do moving forward. He had a decent career, former European champion, for anyone who can believe that, as well as a, a hardcore champion. And, you know, here he is. I think he was even a tag team champion when he's part of the Godwins as well, which I love Godwins, by the way. I thought they were fucking jokes. I um I bumped into a few people who could pass as the new Godwins this weekend, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Steve... Steve Blackman, who remembers yes, this? yes, the coolest theme. I love Steve Blackman. Uh, no surprise to many. Blackman opened a martial arts school where he taught wrestling and jujitsu. What is surprising, however, is his latest career move. Blackman is now a bail bondsman. Uh, you can call him Blackman Bail Bonds to get bailed out of jail. Just don't skip court after doing so because you won't want the lethal weapon coming after you. Uh, he also had a very short stint and released a pilot episode as a bounty hunter, which unfortunately was not taken up on TV, which is a real heartbreaker. So Blackman is a bail bondsman. Do we think he's achieved success since wrestling or do we think that there's still more to come from Steve, the lethal weapon Blackman, old head cheese himself? There's always stuff, something to come from Steve Blackman. There is. <laughs> the greatest hardcore <laughs> champion of all time, in my opinion. Tag team with Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. I've played <laughs> wrestler. Here's one that's a lot more close to the home The legendary Paul Birchall Fresh out of the FWA Academy as well uh, Originally a henchman for William Regal Birchall underwent quite the gimmick change When he became a pirate on Smackdown For anyone who doesn't remember that awful time in wrestling Um, 
So where is Paul Birchall now? Well, he's not a swashbuckling pirate. He's actually helping people in need. Birchall started working as a firefighter towards the end of his wrestling career. Um, firefighting suited my attributes of being physical, being able to use tools, and getting to do cool stuff. Virtualwe.com. Virtual has also worked as a paramedic and emergency room nurse. And in 2017, he informed Wrestling Epicenter that he was working on his master's degree with hopes to become a nurse practitioner. Can't really, can't really give him shit, can we? For that, like, good for you, mate. Like doing great things. Um, yeah, good stuff. Tanvir, what the fuck are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. Are you are you googling Katie Lee Virtual? That's what you're doing, aren't no, you? No, I'm not. Remember the incest angle, by the way. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, less said about that, the better, I guess. How about Alundra Blaze? This is a really Yay! Medusa. Yeah, Medusa. Um. Clearly a trailblazer in women's wrestling. Um, Maselli, which is obviously a real name, carved out a niche for herself in another male-dominated sport, monster truck driving. She made a healthy living by competing and winning championships in Monster Jam, driving a truck named Medusa. If that's not impressive enough, she also has kept busy running a pet spa in Florida. That's fucking badass. <laughs> She's just a badass human being. Like, And by the way, still put together. Still looks like she could whip most women's asses on this roster. Right. I just like that she has a pet salon. It's like, yeah, monster truck driver, badass, badass, but also adorable, that pet salon. Yeah, absolutely. Frankie T, any thoughts on Medusa as a monster truck driver? Not for me. No. I think that's major. Frankie T says, go fuck yourself, Alundra Blaze. Nobody cares about your shitty monster trucks. Frankie T likes to drive a traditional Vauxhall Nova. You suck, Medusa. Vauxhall Nova, Toyota Prius. Mate, I'm all about the XJ6s. Don't be coming after Toyotas, mate. You watch your whore mouth. Those are bulletproof in reliability. My Yaris was my king for so long. How about Rick Steiner, the dog face gremlin? Um, just inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame last year. While no longer full-time, he has made an appearance. Who can forget him being abducted by Joe Gacy? Yeah. He now works as a real estate broker in Atlanta and is a board member on the Cherokee County Board of Education. Mm. Not the... Not as cool. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, here's one for you. Val Venus. Um, you probably know where this is going. Val Venus uh, has some rather unique, interesting theories when it comes to critical thinking online for anyone who follows Sean Morley on social media. Uh, there's no sensor on Facebook. While still occasionally active as a wrestler, Morley's full-time wrestling days are in the rear view. Nowadays, he is pretty active on social media and works as a bud tender at a dispensary in Arizona. A bud tender you might uh, recognize as somebody who sells weed, <laughs> um, medicinal cannabis. A huge advocate for marijuana, Morley says that cannabis actually saved his life. Doctors have been on anti-inflammatories and pain pills for years. You can't take those things for the rest of your life without suffering serious consequences. When I found out about marijuana and started utilizing that, instead in 2008, I came off all my pharmaceuticals and never looked back. Not really a post-career, is it, smoking weed? It is quite funny. I've, I've been friends on Facebook and every post I see near enough is him absolutely stoned, but he's in the gym. He's doing cardio. He's weightlifting. So he's still jacked. He's, he can still go. Trust me, again, this weekend, I saw a lot of guys who enjoy smoke who are still in very good shape. Um, 
one of the most obvious ones here is, of course, Kane, who is now the mayor of Knox County, an avid supporter of Trump and right-wing politics. Yay or nay for Kane, the right-wing machine? Go on, Tanda. Again, what the fuck are you doing? <sighs> You're doing something. We will get out of you eventually. Uh, I'll tell you after. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I reckon he's chatting to some birdies, man. I know what he's up to. Yeah, see his face. Look at his little face. Tampa again in Summoner. Sweet candy. Bam. Uh, right wing cane. Yay or nay, Tampa? Uh, no, not that's for me. Be, that's gotta be the <laughs> mayor of Nux. <laughs> that's gotta be Citizen Kane. At least Citizen Kane was good at the box office. This cunt, he's a fucking moron, isn't he? Um, <laughs> to say the very least, he's just become a, a right-wing twat. I'm by yeah. no means left or right-wing, but yeah, no. Not my cup of tea. How about this legend? Jimmy Wang Yang. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got a truck. He's got a pie truck. He's got a truck. <laughs> That's the most American thing I've ever heard on this podcast. He's got that party van. <laughs> So while he may be done with wrestling, Yoon, as he's uh, obviously known in real life, hasn't abandoned the redneck theme for his current profession. He started up Jimmy's Redneck Party Bus, where customers can enjoy the sights of Cincinnati while drinking with their buddies and partying like a redneck. My favorite thing to do with a party bus is tailgate, which is, of course, a party that people have before major NFL games and stuff out in the park. I've been to tailgates. They are amazing. I really recommend them. Uh, Yoon said in an episode of Where Are They Now? Uh, Bengals fans, they love the redneck party bus. Needless to say, even after wrestling, Yun is still living his best life. Jimmy Yang, Jimmy Wang Yang, uh, is now the proprietor of a redneck party bus. Yay or nay? I'm, I'm going to say yay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm down for that. Fuck yeah. Because I remember WWE, they did this like short series, I want to say a decade ago, where they were like, where are they now? And it yeah. showed Jimmy Wang Yang. Yeah, Jimmy Wang Yang with the party boss, so that's how I knew. When are we going to Cincinnati to party with Jimmy? Come on. Now all of a sudden I'm interested in going to Cincinnati. Yo, Moxley's not the most famous thing to come out of that. It's Yang's bus, mate. That's the Yang's bus. Yang's bus. (laughs) Yeah. I just want a fucking photo with him because I can say partying with the biggest Wang in America. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Give us what we want. Uh, Sean Stasiak uh, never lived up to his family lineage. Of course, Stan Stasiak famously was one of the all-time great WWF champions. Um, but of course, his gimmick was more running into things, if anyone remembers from the invasion angle. Luckily, Stipic, his real name, was able to find success in other business ventures. He currently works as a motivational speaker where he dresses up as a character named Phobia with an F. And talks to school children about facing fears and bullying. He's also a successful chiropractor with his own practice in Texas. I'll be honest. I thought he died. No, no, he's he's not dead. (laughs) That's really wholesome. Yeah, yeah, the character. Sean Stasiak dying is wholesome. No, Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Good time in there, The phobia character. Fucking, yeah, no, fair play to him. Like, that's very cool that he's helping teach kids about stuff like bullying and things like that. They're probably not listening, but good for him for trying. Who remembers Michael Tarver from the Nexus originally? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. 
Mr. Yeah. 1.9 seconds, as he was known, isn't throwing down any more beatings in the ring, but he is throwing down some beats on social media. Tyron Evans, uh, who went by Michael Tarver, um, has decided to shift to another type of performance, rapping. Evans is currently a Christian rapper who goes by the name Monster Tarver. 2010, I had kind of a spiritual awakening, he said on The Fix radio show. I found myself wanting to seek out Christian hip-hop or Christian music that sounded as good or better than the secular music I was listening to. Evans has his own YouTube channel where he releases freestyles and battle raps and he signed with record labels god over money and menace movement records in 2022 the christian rapper michael tarver please don't say that again because mm. i've got i've seen a video of some christian rappers and it creases me up that's why jesus christ is my <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> That is a big fat no for me, Michael Tarver, yeah. you godfathering twat. <laughs> you know what? Uh, do you know, hey, like uh, people in my family are obviously of extreme Muslim faith. Well, when I say extreme Muslim faith, I don't mean that extreme, if you know what I mean. But uh, I'm allowed to say that because I'm an Arab, so fuck you. Uh, but the bottom line is, uh, yeah, no, fuck you. Like Christian rap, Jesus, Lord Almighty, it's almost as bad as God's rock. Like, you know, what are you going to do next? Do a fucking duet with Creed. Shut the fuck up, you kid. Is there, is there Muslim rap or Islam rap? Uh, there's a lot of Arab rap, actually. It's incredibly powerful. It's actually very, very edgy. Uh, yeah, so you might get a taste of it when I make my uh, IWE debut eventually if Frankie T ever stops running scared from me on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Speaking of Speaking of incredibly talented Arabs who don't get enough of a crack at a whip, Muhammad Hassan! Baby! <laughs> The king of wrestling. Uh, Mark Capani is his real name. God damn it, K-Fabe is dead. He's not actually Arabic. Shut up. Uh, he's American with Italian descent. Give it up for Vince McMahon and his creative team, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. Who remembers the disgruntled Arab-American who was upset about post-9-11 treatment in the United States? <laughs> No fucking way did Vince Normally I wouldn't give you a backdrop, but this this needs to be heard to be believed. I love this. This is such a great career retrospective. In 2004, his debut kickstarted a successful eight-month career where Kapani's Sasan character was over as one of the company's top mega heels. Unfortunately, that short that run was cut short when the WWE decided to run an angle which featured several radicalized men in ski masks attacking The Undertaker on Hussein's behalf. This angle coincided with the London bombings on July the 7th. 2005. Instead of the WWE taking the heat for the angle, Kapani was inexplicably the one who was punished for the segment's backlash. Kapani was removed from television and instead of being repackaged as another character, was released altogether by WWE. But there's no Islamophobia in wrestling, I swear to God. Kapani has expressed his disapproval about the direction that WWE took the character uh, with um, Chris Van Valet, actually. He was on a fantastic yeah. podcast. Check it out. It's really good. Um, he said that uh, the character was insensitive towards Arab Americans and Muslim Americans. The WWE's decision to release Kapani drove him to eventually quit wrestling altogether. Though he told Syracuse.com that his release was a blessing in disguise because of his new profession, a junior high school principal. Kapani was named principal of Fulton Junior High School in Fulton, New York in 2019. So he's now in the education system teaching kids that they should not be radicalized. Um, I knew that anyway, but I, I'm, I'm behind that. That's cool. Yeah, if you're not behind it, then you're basically, you know, you hate Arabs and I hate you. Uh, Gene Snitsky. Yeah. It wasn't his, it wasn't his fault. Uh, he's a babysitter now. 
Snitsky announced his retirement from wrestling in 2018, but has kept busy outside of the squared circle. He currently runs a store in Pennsylvania called Priority One Surplus, which sells outdoor equipment and military supplies. He also starred in the 2019 horror movie, 100 Acres of Hell, and has worked as a pitchman for the Power Pressure Cooker XL by dressing up in a turkey suit and cooking under the moniker The Turkey Dude. It seems the Turkey so Dude! Have- the turkey dude <laughs> what the, fuck? the turkey dude gene snitsky ladies and gentlemen do we think he's done all right since <laughs> i mean no. he, i mean the surplus thing was like oh okay but the Marker. turkey dude the he's turkey... also by his own admission still incredibly into feet who remembers the foot fetish thing they did with him for a little while where he was harassing maria canales's feet I don't remember that. He's he's a very very avid uh, avid uh, foot fetish aficionado, uh, and he I believe he got married to uh, a wonderful woman who apparently is very much into that. So hey, I don't kink shame. Good for you, buddy. If you're happy, you're happy. That's all that matters. But the turkey dude, get in the fucking bin, please. Like I, honestly, I preferred you when you were yeeting babies into the audience. Um, <laughs> this guy will no doubt be the winner here, and he is the last on the list. He's of course the legendary Christopher Nowinski, whom some people might remember as the uh, frat boy the uh jock the harvard graduate on uh the uh yeah on the uh wwe television and uh, nowinski didn't last long in wrestling due to frequent concussions the effects he suffered from these concussions depression headaches memory loss are what led to him to his next career nowinski authored the book head games football's concussion crisis which detailed how head injuries have severely impacted athletes over the years and the cover-ups that have taken place to hide the impact of head injuries in 2007 he co-founded the concussion legacy foundation and he has also served as a co-director of the boston university center for the study of traumatic Encephalopathy, philopathy, excuse me. Uh, the role Nowinski has played in concussion research and learning more about CTE has been absolutely crucial, making him one of the most important figures in sports science world today. He's also, of course, rather famous for being the individual who um, analyzed uh, Chris Benoit's brain after the unfortunate incident and realized that, yeah, he's basically his, you know, foundation uh, has studied a number of people who have passed on due to, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia-based issues with young brains that have been, you know, traumatically concussed. So, yeah, um, a big, fat, dirty thumbs up from me, mate. Well done. Like, it's thanks to you that people are no longer hitting themselves in the head with steel chairs a lot, which I in no way condone or saw or recorded this weekend. Yeah. All jokes well, aside, I mean, incredible time, and I love Rise very much, as everybody knows. Light tubes. I, I've never seen so many in all my life. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah. So that was the list. Right, it's time for any other business before we wrap things up. Anything you boys want to hype or talk about? I'm sure Frankie T would like to hype the forthcoming date with Destiny on March the 25th. Absolutely, you can find that in Ritual Essex, March 25th. Tamir, are you coming? <clears throat> March 25th. No, he's uh, phoning his new missus, isn't he? What a perfect date that see. would be. Yeah. Let me see. The Masala Mastodon has struck. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to see if I can find out. Give her an injection of uh, Jinder Mahala, yeah. I mean, there's a show Nix is going to be at on the 30th of April. Yeah, we're talking about IWE at the moment. I don't need yeah. to hype myself up. I'm already a god. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already good enough, pal. 
Frankie T desperately needs the fucking view, so let's help him out. Ooh, I might be able to. Fucking out. Frankie, hype the show while Tanvir looks at his diary. No, I found yeah. it. Okay, so we've got first time ever Leonardo Darwin versus Damien. Gonna slap. That's 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 I don't care about anything else. All the all the rest of you on that show don't care about you. I only care about that match. Well, yeah. yeah. So we've also oh, got Man, Man of Steel and Brandon Lee. Ooh. Yeah, that's like two of the sexiest men in wrestling. Very nice. Tanvir, yeah, pay attention. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Google mapping. I'm listening. You ain't Google mapping. You fucking Googled hentai again, haven't you? I know what you're up to. No, that's on my phone. Is your new missus in Tentacle Born? No. <laughs> she will be. <laughs> Hot and spicy squid. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I'll give you a little taste of what's to come on the Riser uh, uh, On Demand, Tanvir. I heard a individual um, refer to, uh, basically, somebody uh, shouted at Leonardo Darwin and told him to go fuck himself, at which point he pointed out that he had fucked his mother and made her squirt like a squid. All the while, <laughs> his cock-holding father was violently erect in the corner. Okay. That's what you can look forward to at IWE, ladies and gentlemen, which I do believe is a family-friendly organisation. <laughs> Fucking won't be when Darwin's at it. Day. When Darwin's at his way with it, he won't. So we've got Darwin versus uh, Damien. We've got MOS versus Brandon Lee. What else have we got, Frankie? We've got Good Goth Almighty versus The Rebellion. Marks. Got, <laughs> oh, don't be like that towards The Rebellion. They're nice people. Yeah, that Jack Torino is a right gimp. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I love Jack Torino. Obviously, obviously, I'll be rooting for the Rebellion because you two fucking midlife crisis gimps are just annoying me at this point. But please carry on. We've got the main event, Roger Sears versus Ebenezer, the full-time geezer. Oh, I'm so conflicted with that one because I love Roger Sears. He's my boy, but Ebenezer is obviously my... Well, he's supposed to be my tag partner, but I hear that other people might be gunning for the position. Uh, we've got Bobby Vegas. Me and Tanvir, mate. Me and Tanvir are going to be called the ethnic minorities. I'll book it. I'll fucking book it. (laughs) Please let me and Tanvir come in as the ethnic minorities and just brown that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) MOS will be like, what the actual (laughs) fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Don't kill me, man of steel. By the way, fun, 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 fun story about MOS. Very quickly, um, one of the IWE shows we did was the one where he wrestled Leonardo Darwin. Actually, amazing match. Check it out on the IWE YouTube. Not just because I recorded it; it genuinely was amazing. Um, the amount of wrestlers who said to me that as soon as he took his top off, they all put their clothes back on because they were so fucking shamed by his incredible. But that when he says Man of Steel, he looks like he's made of it. Incredible. Not a fucking ounce of body fat on the guy. Could be a WWE megastar. The amount of junk food he eats is fucking criminal. Oh, fuck you. I, I didn't know that. Fuck <laughs> you, sir. Although he loves cake as well. He know. does. Yeah. Like like cake cake or ass cake? I believe he likes both. You understand me? <laughs> nice. Well, it's not <laughs> your own cake. Man love himself a chocolate cake. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> uh, we've also got Bobby Vegas versus Corey McRae. That'll slap. Two very heavy-hitting lads. And main event, unfortunately, we haven't got the women's wrestling match anymore. Because Frankie um, hates women's wrestlers. Sorry, what? <laughs> what have they got to offer? 
Wow. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Oh, uh, please direct your CVs and future bookings for women's matches to IWA. <laughs> now, Mia Cortez has got a very important family uh, event happening, and that's fair enough. Can I, can I just say as well, Mia Cortez, one of the most amazing people on this earth. End of story. And then the main event, we've got our champion, Scott Jones. Versus KM Lane. Uh, yes. Versus Ollie Blake. Yeah, don't care about MKM Lane, mate. Come on. What's yeah. Come on, Lane. Come on, KM. We're all behind the KM. Let's see Tanvir knows KM Lane. He got to experience him at Coliseum. Man he... is so talented. Get that bounty, son. Catch 22 zone. All that. How much for a ticket? And where can you get your tickets, Frankie T? So, all that for an adult ticket. Seven pounds and fifty pence for a child. It's five pounds. Family of four, twenty pounds. Twenty uh, quid for a family of four. Nice. So I understand that the cost of murder a family of four. Incredible. So I understand it's there's a, a cost of living. So what I've done, I've lowered the ticket prices, so it's a bit more affordable for those that are struggling. Yeah. And. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Jo- I'm not gonna even mock that. That is fucking good business. And uh, the you can get the tickets on the Eventbrite site. Uh, I'll post a link somewhere. For, the link's available uh, in the description. But as an added incentive for this entire podcast, you might have noticed there's a QR code on the screen. If you scan it, that'll take you directly to tickets for IWE's Date with Destiny on March the 25th. What time the doors open? Doors open at five. Show five starts o'clock. at five. five o'clock. I don't, I mean, hopefully I'll have time to have Nando's afterwards, but you never know. Oh, we'll Nando's be, me and Darwin lads. are going to be violently wrapped after that show, I tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to be doing videography, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, if you want to come by and see how it's really done, let us know. That'll be good fun. But yeah, no, it's going to be a good show. I'm going to be on videography. You're going to see a lot of your good friends wrestling, putting on a great show. IWE shows some of the best shows I ever work. Proper professional wrestling run by a proper, proper promoter. And uh, this one's been posted as well. So good news. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. And uh, Tambi, you coming there? You 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 going to come? You coming March twenty fifth? You coming? I, I I might I might do. What do you mean you might do? What the fuck is that? I looked at the travel time and public transport says it will take me seven hours. Seven? Where do you live? Hounslow. Hounslow. Right, That's okay. why I'm confused as well. What's like? What's the uh, main train to wherever it is from where you are? Let's see. Uh, Whittle, Rittle Sports and Social Club. Where do you, where do you, I can pick you up from Chelmsford or I can pick you up somewhere on the way. Like, just fucking yeah. get there. We can have you on Ring Crew. He could, we could stick a t shirt on him and he can be Ring Crew, can't he? Yeah, there's Hammersmith. He's banging on about he wants to work in wrestling. Let's give him an opportunity. You could wrestle me. Fuck it. Me versus Tanvir. There's <clears throat> Hammersmith. We'll do the pre show before anyone gets in because nobody needs to see that shit. There's Liverpool Street. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... Travel hour with Tanvir Verdi. I have no idea why it says it's going to take me six hours. Right, we'll sort this out off-camera, Tanvir, because this is unacceptable. You are coming, whether you like it or not. And if for anyone who doesn't turn up, um, I will personally castrate you. I did I did happen to notice that you didn't announce one match on that card, Mr. T. Is there a bit of heat going on with those boys or something? Uh, which match was that? The handicap match, you fucking idiot. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry. Fuck. 
That is brilliant. <laughs> Just buried Cameron Anderson. <laughs> Completely <laughs> fucked him off. Like, well, he, he can't be asked to turn up here, can he? Yeah, he didn't turn up last time. The lazy, oh, please give me a lift next. I can't make it to the venue. Well, fucking get a car, you lazy gimp. He's got his test in, like, May, I think. Yeah, he needs many a test, the hepatitis-ridden tart. Um, Too busy fucking bitches. I'll hype it, because Frankie T apparently doesn't like it. It's going to be the legendary K. Jutler. Some people might remember him as, of course. He actually had a brilliant match with Alex Connors as well. Yeah, this guy is very talented. He used to be known as Michael Colwig. He's now known as Kay Jutler. He'll be facing Cameron Anderson and Ajax, one half of Bushido Storm. And of course, Cameron Anderson and Ajax have renamed themselves for one night only. Bro, Shido Storm. Romance and Bushido Storm collide. But can they off the incredibly gigantic and muscular talent that is Kay Jutler? We have to pay £7.50 and find out. By the way, for an extra incentive, if you pay £5 for a child's ticket and you don't like your child, I will gene snits for them for you personally. I mean, um, I hope your kids have a great time at this wonderful show and there will be in no way any yeeting of children into the audience. Can I just quickly say as well, I've been putting it on social media as well. It, better off if you get the tickets now. Any tickets left over will be sold on the door, but they will be sold at £10. There you go. So if you want that added discount, you've got to get your tickets beforehand. You can buy them all the way up until the show. You can just buy them online. Make sure you show your receipt on the door. And of course, we'll let you in at that discounted price. But if you turn up, you got to pay £10 hard cash, baby. And of course, uh, anyone who pays with cash, that will also be added to my uh, videography fee at the end of the show, which Frankie T is yet to confirm, but I'm sure is what he was about to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awkward. Tanvir Tam- is looking into the abyss at this point. He's like, oh man, I want to get myself some pussy, but I've got to go no, It's alright. Mm-hmm. So Tanvir, tell us all about your lady friend. What's going on here? Does she watch the wrestle plug? That's an important question. Uh, <laughs> I could get her to. <laughs> Please don't I mean, subject her to that if you want this to work. I was going to say, like, <laughs> personally, <laughs> I wouldn't bother if I was you, mate. As far as you're concerned, wrestling is not a thing. Uh, yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah, you just stick uh, with a hentai and a tentacle porn. You'll be fine, buddy. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. By the way, uh, Tammy did allude to it. April 30th, Coliseum returns. 4pm start at the Stanley Arts Centre in Norwood Junction, London. If Tammy is not at that, I will personally kill no, him. I'm going to that. Get the fucking tube to that, you little shit out. So I don't want to hit any excuse. <laughs> On that no, it's, it's such a quick journey for me to get there. That oh, I like, see. Uh, so the only reason you're turning up to support your boy, who, by the way, will be on comms, the voice of Coliseum, unlike all these fucking sweaty wank pheasants who are like, oh, yes, I'm commentating on snooker. Nobody cares about your shit commentary. I'm the fucking best at this game. God damn it. Um, Yeah, but if you want to come and support an incredible evening of professional wrestling, which will, of course, include the 8-7 mob boys, Alexander Roth, and Big Wavy. Oh, yeah, there's going to be mad beefy bunder in the ring for that. I tell you, they're going to be in the house. And, of course, so is my boy, KM Lane. Sammy Sahin, my friend from Wrestling Society. You have to see this kid in person. What an absolute cannonball. An absolute berserker of a wrestler. The silverback of professional wrestling is Sammy Sahin. And a number of other talents, including some gimp from YouTube with a white suit. No idea who this guy is. Eyepatch gimp or something. Oh, nobody cares about that guy. Um, He's pretty chirpy on Twitter, though, isn't he? Let's see how chirpy is when he's face to face with me the gym nice snappy suit don't get bolognese on it will you you fucking mong anyway um uh, is mark gonna be there 
Hey, is Mark gonna be there as well? As far as we know, no. Silent Mark oh. will not be in the house, which is really unfortunate. We will have the return of the wonderful Jesse, of course, as the MC for the show, mm. no doubt, and a number of other talents who are yet to be announced. Fingers crossed for a few of my very good friends in this business. But either way, myself and hopefully the wonderful Jake Pugh will be on comms for this incredible show on April the 30th. But before then, March the 25th is the date you want to keep because it's IWE Day with Destiny. Don't forget to scan the QR code if you want tickets to an extravaganza of professional wrestling in Rittle, Essex. Uh, it's going to be, it's basically just around the corner from Chelmsford. It's part of the Chelmsford Borough and it's the Rittle Sports and Social Club. And you can get there nice and easily with a taxi or a bus from Chelmsford train station. And if you're thinking... I'm not really sure how to get there. Let us know. And a lucky wrestler might just come and pick you up just for a bit of fun. Why the fuck not? So, ladies and gentlemen, from myself, Aaron X, from Frankie T, and of course, from the newly born Tanvir Verdi, who is no doubt going to be pumping an insane amount of corner <laughs> into his new lady friends. I thank you very much for watching the WrestlePlug State of Teddy Address. And until then, we will be lactating you soon with more juicy content from the WrestlePlug. <laughs> the old Tanvir special. He's going to give it the old <laughs> story. Is. Oh, suit you, madam. Oh, down with the trousers. Out with the trannies. Out with the chickens. Oh, you, sir.